Hello and welcome to my first ever episode of Wisdom of Age. With me today we have a lovely mother and daughter, Karen and Catherine. So let's dive right in and let's hear their story. I'm not really Karen. Um, my father brought my name from Norway. And it's a, it's a very odd name. And I've suffered f- from it for the last 80 years. So when I came to England, I called myself Karen, which is a little bit related to my original name. My original name was Gert Carré. Oh. It's a mouthful, and I didn't think I could do that to the Brits. It's a nice name. It's a nice name. Yeah. Yeah. And yourself? Uh, Catherine. Catherine. So, um, so whereabouts, so if we start from the beginning, um, mm-hmm. so whereabouts did you originally come from? I was born in Germany in a town called Münster, Westphalia, and my mother wasn't actually married. So in those days, there were homes for bastard children of officers. Okay. Okay. And I've only found that out very recently because on my birth certificate, it gives me the address of the place where I was born. And I've had a look on the net and it's a very posh house, which must have been confiscated by the regime at the time. Okay. For lots of bastard kiddies. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was a bit of an unexpected term. That was a bit unexpected. It explains why my mother never, ever, ever talked to me about me. Okay. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the war, those houses were closed. And uh, some... Mothers picked up their children. Yeah. And others were sort of lost. Oh, that's a shame. The history, which I looked up as well, just very, in the last few days, uh, says that about a thousand children were unaccounted for. Small children. That's quite sad. That's quite sad. Yeah. So when the houses were closed... My mother took me to Berlin to her sister who lived in Potsdam with her two children and by that time she was already a widow uh, but she was allowed to stay in, the, in, that, in that house uh, which was probably quite nice. And when the Russians turned up in Potsdam and Berlin they all, well, my mother, my aunt, her two boys, myself and another cousin of mine, we travelled to the south of Germany from Berlin uh, in two trucks. One of them got blown up at the other side of a bridge that we had to cross. So we had only one truck left for all of us. And we came to a farmhouse uh, which was called the Spitzensee 
And this was all when you were really, really young? I was barely two years old. Really? So uh, my cousin remembers that the various overnight stops were really quite, quite ghastly, except once we um, found a baker and the little ones, of whom there was me as well, uh, were sleeping in the bread baskets. <laughs> and it was warm. So, well, at least it was warm. It but, was warm. Yeah, you can't imagine sleeping in bread baskets, especially these days. <laughs> no, quite. Uh, uh, the, so the social services would have to say something about that, definitely. Um, and we stayed in the south of Germany by the Spitzingsee for only a few months because the neighborhood knew that that particular house had been reserved for the SS. Oh, okay. In order to, as a safe house. Yeah, yeah. And I was told in the cellar there, was, there were um, barrels of butter and other things, which were then exchanged for potatoes from the various farmers in the, in the region. But they didn't want us there. So we had to move. And um, by that time, I think the French, the Americans, the Brits and the Russians were asking everybody who was displaced to turn up in Munich at a huge uh, plaza. And there were lots of little tables and lots of little offices. And they tried to bring, take back all the people to their hometowns. Um, take back or... So they basically them, tried get to get you back there. to where you originally sort of yeah. got and brought up. My mother and my aunt and all these children... Uh, were told to go to Osnabrück, where they had come from. A lot of it was by foot. A lot of it was by train. My mother was the only one who could speak English. So she actually found a train in Cologne that would go to the north of Germany. And... Uh, so was this in big groups or just no, by yourself? No, two, two, two women, two women, four children. Okay. That sort of thing. So, so fairly smallish group between... Sm small groups, yeah. Uh, a couple of trains were running and my mother managed to find a train that went from Cologne to Osnabrück. In Osnabr Osnabrück was the north of Germany, which was the um, British... Zone. Yeah. So her English came in quite useful. And they passed, before Osnabrück is a little town called, or village, called Bruchmühlen, a, a breaking mill or something like that, translated. And uh, the British officers stopped the train they all jumped out and walked across the field to my mother's 
grandparents' house. And from there to Osnabrück. Now, the Brits had organized that everybody who could find a bed could stay in Osnabrück. Wow. Uh, and I suppose the rest had to move on if they didn't? The rest had to move on to relatives who may have had a bed spare. Yeah, but most of them didn't, of course. Yeah. And my aunt found a flat in a large mansion block, but it was only half a house. And the stairs were open to the element. Really? And half the roof was gone. But the, the place where she lived... Also, I suppose it was damaged through... Bomb, yeah. bomb damage. And... Uh, in that flat lived her father, and he was a railway worker doing shifts. So he slept in that bed during the day, yep. and my aunt slept in that bed during the night. So it was well utilised, eh? Yeah, yeah. And my mother couldn't find a bed because her house had been bombed entirely. So she had to travel to Hanover, where her in-laws were. Her in-laws had beds to spare. But her food, those... Uh, those yeah, the rations and bits and pieces. Russian, Russian stamps were in Osnabrück because she was an Osnabrück person. So she had to travel backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Uh, and I think my earliest memory is... That was actually going to be one of my questions. To, yeah, what, what was your earliest memory earliest of sort memory of that sort of... My is getting up at four and standing in the snow at the back of a queue with buckets to collect soup with my grandmother. That's my earliest memory. I thought it was having clothes. Uh, no, that, my grandfather made shoes. I mean, he made... Um, no, he, he took pieces of wood, pieces of string, turned them into shoes. Okay. Um, or clogs. And then one day my mother very proudly presented me with a pair of snow boots. I bet you they were pretty sought after, weren't they? I hated it. Oh, really? I still have a thing about going to buy shoes because I don't want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> because my, my uh, wooden sandals were very noisy. I liked the noise. Oh, okay. And my shoes... Didn't make a single. I was going to say, I suppose you never think about um, like clogs and the noise. Clunk, and clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah, I loved those noises. Have you still kept some? Uh, no. No? No, no. Moved on from... But I, I uh, for many, many years, I was wearing Dr. Shaw clogs. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah, it, no, I, I didn't made, know whether you'd kept a few. It made me very, very happy to wear them. Yeah, no, I didn't know whether you'd kept a few for sort of like memories and um, Lord just lost over my, time. No, my parents would not have them in the house once we had 
proper shoes. Ah, okay, got you. No way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, have you got any sort of memories of uh, school and bits like that? Um, school was crazy. Um, yeah, I remember the the British uh, Red Cross or the Red Cross and the Brits were serving school lunches. Now, in Germany, you go to school from 8 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock at lunchtime. Then you go home and have your meal at home. And the rest was yours to do homework and to play, etc. But um, one room was uh, reserved for the British Red Cross to feed the school children. And that was, I mean, not only unusual, but um, that really wasn't the done thing. Yeah. To have food from somebody other than family. Yeah. Family. Yeah. And um, we had eight children whose fathers never went to war. And the rest of us, the other 40 or so, were fatherless most of the time, most of them. Um, Some were maimed, some were, had limbs missing. Um, Do you still keep in contact with any of your childhood friends? I tried, I tried, but uh, no. No? I couldn't find any. I really tried very hard. Well, you never know, maybe one day. There's still time. Yeah. What else do I remember about school? Um, do you remember getting any hiding th- hiding in the in the closets? Yes. I was going to say, do you remember getting up to anything mischievous yeah. In, yeah, when abso- you were kids? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing but. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I also was very accident prone, and I was boxing on the school grounds with one of the boys, and broke my thumb because I'm such an idiot, and uh, I was balancing on a wall and fell down and bruised, bruised my ankle heavily. I had to stay at home. And uh, apart from that, I had a lot of high fever, bronchitis, rotten teeth, all the sort of stuff you'd expect after a war. Yeah. And my parents very kindly sent me on holiday to the island of Bochum, um, which was said to have high sea climate, good for the lungs. And I found, or they found, a family for me. And every summer holiday, I spent on the island of Bochum. And that's my best memory. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds like you've got some fond memories of that sort of area and that place and beautiful yeah yeah so did you have uh, friends over there or was it just by the, yourself the f- with the no, family no the family had a son and a daughter and uh, they were to me like brother and sister uh, they're they're Right up here. Sorry. They're in there somewhere. They're absolutely. <laughs> uh, Rehlein, 
und Klaus. Renate, in other words. But her mother called her Relein, which is a Bambi word. And um, they also had summer holidays, and we were at the beach all day long. And I remember sometimes, because uh, Bochum, you can, on very good days, you can see uh, the coast. And uh, So you spent a lot of time at the seaside? and Absolutely. Yeah. Well, island is nothing but sea. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned to horse ride there, and uh, I felt very special, I say. <laughs> Looked after and special. Yeah. Looked after and special. And then I had a brother and a sister. My father came back from Russia as a prisoner of war in 1949. Um, and then a couple of more children turned up, my brother and my sister. And I thought they were wonderful. So are they blood relatives? Yeah. Uh, 12 and 15 years younger than I. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I really thought they were fabulous little people. Yeah. yeah. No, it's nice. Getting, getting the family back together, basically. Sort of, yeah. 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 No, it's nice. So we'll travel on a little bit. So teenage years, um, did you have a first job or anything like that that you did? Yes, I wanted to be an interior designer. I thought that sounded very nice. And uh, I started to work in an interior design furniture shop. And, and where, was, where was this? In Wilhelmshaven. Uh, my father was a civil servant, so we had to move a little bit every time yep. that he had a promotion. Yeah. And uh, we ended up in Wilhelmshaven. And um, that's where I bought those black... The sugar pot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And vases and glass and... Oh, I really... So you've kept I some was, memories from oh, yes. way back. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was crap at school. Really, really, really not very funny. Um, Is this because you were too busy boxing and getting mischievous? Um, <laughs> I think I was lazy. I really think I was a lazy child and um, couldn't see the point of anything much. I'm a, I think. Oh, yes. In school, I couldn't have an opinion. If I had an opinion, I. And voiced my opinion in class, which I did quite a bit. Yeah, um, I was invariably shut up or accused. I was a communist. I was a. I was. I mean, my opinions were really, really yeah. bad. You know. Yeah, and I suppose, I suppose, these day and ages, that it's sort of brought upon us to sort of explain your yeah stuff now and like introduce new things and ideas mm. and bits and pieces. So. No, no. Germany was very strict after the war. And uh, looking back, I think people didn't really know how to behave. Yeah. So they behaved almost Victorian. Yeah. Getting everything back, skipping the last 20 years. Yeah. 
and pretending time had not moved on. So everything was very strict. Everything had to be very correct and proper. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's a different way of thinking that they didn't sort of... Well, they tried to rethink everything and uh, put it back to a time when Hitler didn't happen. Yeah. So, 1920s uh, attitude and ethos. Yeah. 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 So, we'll skip forwards a little bit further. So, um, when did you have your daughter or how did all... Well, I came to England uh, in 1968 um met my husband on the day that I had promised my previous boss in Frankfurt that I'd come back. Didn't come back, of course. Got married. And uh, four years after we got married, we had a Catherine. After a couple of miscarriages. Oh, I'm sorry and, to hear that. And a little bit of heartache I must say um, how did you meet your partner well I came back from an exhibition that uh, I had worked on in Frankfurt I came back on a Sunday I lived in Chelsea at the time with uh, in a shared house and we had just chucked a girl out because her boyfriends were using our towels and we didn't like that <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, while I was in Frankfurt, uh, my housemate Sally found another tenant or house sharer, and that was a guy called Jeffrey. And I thought that's a ridiculous name. <laughs> However, um, that was it. Oh. That was it. So it was through house sharing that you met yeah, your husband? Yeah. And we moved out a bit later because it wasn't quite fair on the community Yeah. to uh, pair up. and. Yeah. What a lovely way to bump into your husband, though. Yeah. By chance. Very much by Absolutely chance. Absolutely by chance. And like I said, on the same day in Frankfurt, uh, my boss had taken me to the airport. I promised him I'd be back at Easter. I come off the plane, I get uh, home to our terrace, and there's my husband, I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. So what was, uh, what was Catherine like as a child then? Um, absolutely gorgeous. Um, somehow, obviously, I didn't have a mother around, I didn't have a mother-in-law around. Yeah. And I had to really learn everything from scratch. But I thought there can't be anything to learn because uh, it must be the most natural thing in the world. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Spock says, you know more than you think, which wasn't true. <laughs> really. <laughs> Bit of a steep learning curve, was it? It was a steep learning curve, yeah. Sure, but we had one book about um, child development and stuff like that. I mean, with no yeah. Uh, there, I mean, stuff um, <clears throat> you are not supposed to have a problem with your child. Yeah. 
your child is made to sleep. She didn't. She thought that was a waste of time. <laughs> she wouldn't eat when she didn't want to. And uh, I just remember one day, I made something really nice, really tasty. And you were the, sitting there, mm, like so. And in the end, I tipped the whole plate over your head. <laughs> At which point, Jeffrey took over. <laughs> because he decided I had it. I really had it. So a little bit difficult, but did you, quite uh, difficult. Did, did you get up to anything mischievous or uh, that you found quite no. funny? No, she was so sweet. Unbelievable. Brilliant. Brilliant. Then I had another daughter called Harriet. And she would not stop screaming for six months. Um, and once she finished screaming, she also turned into the most glorious little person. She got a lot more trouble then. As a as a older, older. as a child, as yeah. a teenager, as a teenager, yeah. I had then I had another daughter, um, and the the midwife uh. said, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, well, I was bowled over by that comment. I must say. Yeah, so have you got some uh, good memories of, like, the whole family together or anything that you used to go and do? Uh, we moved to a little cottage in Somerset uh, with two of them, and that was glorious. And then we moved to Italy for a year and a half, and that was glorious as well. And then we moved to Camberley, and... There was a wonderful little school just across the road, practically. And then we moved to London. I mean, that, mad. Yeah, it's quite, a, mad. it's quite a jump from place to yeah, place. Yeah, from place to place. What would be your favourite one if you could go back, do you reckon? Um, I think Italy and Camberley, those two. Any particular reason? Uh, Italy was... Just lovely. Just lovely. Place. And I suppose the food yeah, is... the food, the landscape, the people. It was... Of course, uh, I had to learn Italian on, a ho on the hoof, uh, which worked quite well because with children, you, you have to go shopping for yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned my Italian from the packages and the cans so do you still bit. speak a little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I still love it. Yeah? I can't remember any Italian, but um, I spoke mm. just as well. As Catherine went to nursery school in Italy and spoke Italian at, at nursery school. And I didn't talk German to my children because we started in English, then Italian. Outside the house, we, they spoke Italian. Inside they spoke English, and I thought, now what if my children are stupid and I am teaching them German on top of it? Yeah. They'll get so confused, I'm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, so, but Italian and English is still... It's, it's, was was enough. Yeah. Was yeah. enough, yeah. Yeah, so do you still 
I guess you had friends and people that over there. Is are they still um, on the scene or no? They are rather dead. Oh, yeah. Claire Jesus dead. Claire is dead, and I I tried to get in touch with Piero, and he didn't respond. Oh, such a shame. But yeah. never mind. I suppose yeah. people move on and things happen and life gets in the way. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to London, mm-hmm. what did you get up to in... In London, I started to go to university. Well, when I had all th- three children at school, yep. I started to learn uh, to, to go and do a humanities degree. And then things got a bit rough with three teenagers. I didn't really have time to look after my my own interests i had to run after them because remember we didn't even have mobile phones in those days yeah yeah so i so guess the interior. three different schools three different places it's all to be there upheaval. at the same time um never knowing where they were if they kept their word and came back when they said they would to- which they didn't. (laughs) Can you imagine to be without a phone nowadays? Yeah. So I I suppose that's a lot of wondering where they are and oh, I'll be back at 10. And and waiting by the... the, What? You were were lovely. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Which one would you say would be the worst? Um, for disappearing and not coming back Harriet definitely yeah did you ever find out what she got up to um, or just didn't want to know I, 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 I worked it out yeah I worked it out yes <laughs> so I'm guessing the interior design sort of thing the interior design got, got on hold did you ever go back to it not really, except that every time we moved house, I had to rethink everything. Yeah, yeah. like here. So that was your way that, of that was getting back my into way it. of being creative. Yeah. No, it's nice, nice. Um, and uh, then after twenty-five years of marriage, my dear husband had enough and took off. And I did not divorce him or let him divorce me. Yeah. So that took five years to a point where the law says you can't really delay me. I'm sorry to hear that as well, but you've done really um, amazingly well. Thank you. And then I went to college again. Um, And then Catherine went to uni and then... Claire went to uni and and so I mean yeah and then I suppose it was just yourself after they all sort of started getting on um yeah for for a good while yeah Yeah. so did you have hobbies and stuff that you got stuck into I got myself a little career as a therapist and I studied for five years um at my college yeah become a therapist oh, and, no, then that's really had, good. and then I worked with um, with women 
at a women's women's refuge and um, with teenagers and do you still do bits and pieces with that or fully no, no not anymore yeah no so looking back then over probably well many many years uh, what do you reckon your best time times would have been looking back over all them years and you've yeah, clearly got some I know exactly. really good <laughs> stories and bits and pieces that you've let us into I think the best time I had before you were born mm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, yeah the first the first four years of my marriage were wonderful uh, that was great uh, the next best time was when you were all not five. no <laughs> no all under four thank you Ned. Um, <laughs> uh, when you were nursery school junior school school um, when when Claire, Claire was at nursery school so have you got a favourite so, family so pastime when you were all together uh, oh just muddling along just muddling along just making, muddling making along. life and memories yeah and um, cooking and having au pairs and so you say you did quite a lot of i'm guessing you did most of the cooking and bits and pieces oh, yeah. so what would be what would be the favorite th- what would be your go-to thing if you were gonna do it what would be the one thing tell me i just always remember chicken supreme chicken supreme uh-huh and oh my burgers weren't bad yeah, <laughs> all homemade i guess Sure. From scratch. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Haven't made that for a long time. <laughs> so if you were to go back uh, through any of them t- years and grab, yeah. say, like one item that you could bring back to now as a memory, what do you reckon it'd be? That's a good question. Hmm. I think my first... Volkswagen Coupe with you lot sitting at the back uh, on top of the open at the back. Oh, so the convertible? Yeah. And where where, where did you have that where car? We, we would probably drive um, to Virginia Water. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't Jeffrey's. That wasn't Jeffrey's car. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't go there again. No. True. We had a we had a very uncomfortable Mercedes. Okay. And uh, we drove from Italy to the north of Germany overnight. And we always drove overnight because Claire was on the top shelf, Catherine was in the middle, and Howard was on the floor. So we had all three in the back asleep, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say on a journey like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And I remember once we went punting in Oxford, or was it Cambridge? Yeah, Cambridge. And it was a sunny day, and suddenly the most drenching rainstorm came down. We were 
all all five of us were totally wet. So you couldn't get the top up in time. No, no, that was on the punt. We, oh, okay. were, we were on the river, uh, and I think I had three naked daughters in the car because <laughs> you were all wet. <laughs> we're all wet. Oh, yeah. not 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 a not a great moment mm. being absolutely mm. soaking wet, but I suppose one that you'll remember. That was great, actually. Yeah, so... Um, Giggling all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you reckon is one of your most proudest moments? Um, I think... Uh, Claire's work being published yeah. in the news... In, the, in, the, uh, in the, one of the magazines. National Portrait Gallery. So the National Portrait Gallery? And, and her, what was this? her work in the National Portrait. Oh, okay. Portrait photography. For photography. Those, those two, and the first was... Um, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing you've kept hold of their magazines and yeah. bits and pieces? Lovely. Oh, yes. Oh, Lovely. Yeah. Great memories. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was jumping up and down. <laughs> Absolutely jumping up and down. Oh, so what are your plans um, for now? So obviously we've gone through the past, through the middle, and so what are you? Have you got any aspirations well, to do things? <laughs> um, staying alive. Always a good one. Staying healthy. Looking after myself well. Looking, looking after Eli. Which is the dog? Hello. Um, and uh, having you lot contented, well, happy, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So for me to to be around for as long as I can. Yeah, and well, yeah, and enjoy your life and daughters and. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. Any life lessons that you'd care to share for the listeners? None whatsoever. None. None. I mean, do your own thing and don't, don't care. Don't worry about what other people think or say or do. Lovely. Absolutely. Just enjoy your life, I suppose. Just, just enjoy. Just stay with yourself. Okay, so one of the things that I'm going to look at uh, potentially doing throughout the series and yes. bits and pieces is a question for our next guest. Yeah. So have you got a question that you would possibly like to put um, forward to our next guest? No, just a comment. Don't worry about all the paraphernalia here with all the uh, microphones and the roadcasters and the cables. And yeah. Don't worry. It, Brilliant. It's not going to hurt. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much. But thanks for your time. And uh, it's been really good. So really interesting. But other than that, thank you ever so much for your time. And it's been really, really interesting. And I really appreciate it. Welcome. But thank you very much. Bye-bye. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in for this episode of Wisdom of Age. Again, thank you ever so much for Karen and Catherine for this episode. And hope you enjoy the ones that are up and coming.